We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson. We're doing another episode of Group Therapy, but since the Mavericks keep winning games, most of us are probably feeling like we don't need much therapy at the moment. Uh, It is about 10 p.m. East Coast time on Sunday, May 9th. There's only a week left in the regular season. Um, The real, the only thing of note in this game was kind of Luka getting frustrated with Sexton and taking a swing. I don't know. I'm watching the replay right now. The direct on replay looks like it's a nut shot, but the the replay from the other angle, he's just swinging his arm. Um, I don't know. People who don't like Luca seem to like to talk about this. Uh, It's fine. Luca plays hard, gets upset. He talks about his own issues in terms of controlling his emotions all the time. Um, When I was 22, I was, um, I was also a problem. So I, you know, kind of hard to judge anything, but here we are. So, uh, if I could be honest, I would kind of like to go play video games, but I also like talking to you guys. So here's what we're going to do. Let's try to keep this, uh, I don't know, around a half hour or so. Let's take some questions, make some points, and we will get on out of here because, uh, you know, it's good to just revel in a, a victory. The Mavs win a Sunday game. Holy crap. It feels like it's been forever. Okay. So coming up first, I'm going to bring up Christian. Christian, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? I'm fine. It just it occurred to me as I was talking that the Mavs won a Sunday game because usually, like, we're just starting the week. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, you know feels good, and I think even when you know it was like six points or they made that ten zero run or whenever I was, it was nice to be comfortable and not really worry about the game. Mm. I mean, the Luka going out, it was a 9 or 11 point lead. And the Cavs are feisty and the Mavs have a tendency to suck. And so that I looked up again uh, because I was having uh, my kid threw up in the third quarter in his bed. So it was like kind of felt like, oh, no, are the Mavs also going to throw up uh, in the third quarter? And so it was nice to kind of come back down to my television and the Mavs are up by a ton of points. It's like, oh. Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, I, I think – any kind of criticism is nitpicking in this game. The one thing I'm sure Jason's excited for it. Uh, Jay Rich had a really good game. Uh, that was exciting to see. I think uh, that's all some we're rooting for. And again, it's against the Cavs, but uh, I, I think, you know, hopefully he can get in some kind of rhythm. And even if he's, you know, just efficient shooting, cutting down any kind of turnovers and, you know, dumb shots at dumb points of the game. I think uh, that could be helpful. Timmy was, you know, staying on fire and 
I hope uh, this continues, obviously, through the playoffs. I think uh, one of the bigger takeaways was Brunson seemed to have a pretty solid game. And so, you know, I, I my one, I guess, criticism, even though I don't know if it's necessarily a criticism, is I would like to see Brunson play a little bit more uh, and hopefully get. So let me ask you a question. I can't remember if it was you. Like, people tweet me all game long, so I can't remember. Somebody talked to me. I was like, how come Brunson doesn't shoot more? Not meaning, like, drive or take drives, but I think, like, literally, why doesn't he shoot more from three? And my my thought is that it's because his, his shooting mechanic is is a little slow off the catch and shoot. Um, and I... But he hit a couple of big threes tonight. You know, it was like, okay, why doesn't he shoot more? Shot looks good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the shot looks good. I think there was a, you know, I just think he's been struggling, period, lately. And it seemed uh, a couple games ago there was a couple, you know, good looks that he kind of turned down to try to drive inside. And so, um, you know, I think just the biggest – the biggest thing we can hope for is our guys get healthy um, and they get in rhythm and get hot during this late stretch to really carry uh, that momentum into the into the postseason. And obviously, we control our own destiny. So I think um, these two Cavs games could, you know, happened at a good time because. Really, last game, we didn't even really play that well, to be honest, like shooting-wise yep. or any of that. Um, and then it's nice, you know, I, I'm fine with Luke again tossed as long as it wasn't a tech. And, uh, you know, he's played, what, 42 minutes for the past two games overall. Um, yep. So I think, you know, that's great. So all in all, uh, good win, Some we could kind of – enjoy the rest of this uh sunday with and uh you know i'll, I'll I, I see the chat was going off for a minute so the young guys came in played with some good energy and <laughs> yes they're excited for you <laughs> yeah but uh yeah appreciate you having me up as always kirk and you know let's keep these that's right that's right all right thanks buddy all right, coming up next, we have Jared. Jared, how, are, is it Monday or is it still Sunday? I am back. Um, Monday. All right, middle of your Monday, Monday, and you got to enjoy a Mavs win. That's good. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. I mean, not many negatives to take out of it. Only one I'd say is that Reddick's still in a bit of a funk. He hasn't really um, shown that he can be any kind of contributor in the playoffs yet. But um, at least Jay Rich is getting some confidence beating up on these scrub teams, I guess. Yeah, uh, like his two-point shot percentage is actually at a career high. I mean, he's still not hitting anything from three, but I'm almost to the point now where I wish that he would just – there was one possession in the first quarter no, – second quarter where, like, it was a dead possession where he gets, a like, a catch on a on a on, like, a ball rotation and went to the corner to Brunson and then to, to him, and then he just sort of hesitated too long. And if he's not confident in the three, like, step in and take the open two. I, I would rather that than, like, a, a – you know, a, a three which he's not confident in or him being, like, indecisive with the ball. Like, a, a made shot, It's just, he's shooting pretty well from, like, 15 to 17 feet. It's those threes that are killing him. I just, I, I like seeing that. I mean, he made a lot of shots. Nine of 14 is I, – I would be curious. I could look this up, but I'm not going to. Like, how many field goals – like, nine field goals feels, like, close to a, a season high for him outside of maybe that Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, and um, I think the fact that his whether it's his offense giving his defense um, effort improvement, or if his defense is helping with his offense, but just seems to be getting his um, both getting in um, sort of like twenty, thirty percent better than just ten or fifteen games ago. Right, just kind of a confidence thing. Yeah, um, and the same thing with um, with a lot of the players, I guess, with, with Green as well. He's just got the getting that self confidence, just getting a few like his his passing. You can see he's got the confidence to drive in, and he and he knows that he can he can dish it out to somebody on the three point line. Or he gave a couple of easy dunks to Melly and 
and um, Powell just by driving in and bringing two guys to the ball. Yeah. So that was that was good to see. I mean, obviously his shooting still is pretty rubbish, but um, <laughs> that's an off season issue, I think. Just sure. not gonna. No. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I I'd rather the playing hard and the just showing the very like if he's able if they're able to do things besides shoot and show why they need to be on the floor those sorts of cuz you know Carl is just such a such a slave to his rotation sometimes that i feel that these these last few games even if it doesn't pan out into the postseason gives me a little bit of hope heading into the next year yeah and obviously um it's interesting to see what they do with the rotations once I'm assuming KP's back for the for like right. the last couple of, couple of games because yeah, I think he's just been starting um, Willie because it seems like the they're going to leave Powell on the bench um, going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're just so keeping, him, keeping him where he's going to where he's going to play long term and using Willie as the starter and replace the KP. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're similar players, but just for that center position. Right, um, I agree with that. Seems like they're probably going to keep. Hardaway in as a starter, even when KP and Maxi are back. That's probably that the most interesting one, right? Because Hardaway is just cooking so well as a starter. It's kind of hard to argue, oh, he needs to go back to the bench. But I guess the question then becomes is who for? Do you do you keep Maxi on the bench and, and slide Dorian down to four? What do you do? What do you think is, is the best option there? To be honest, I don't think Maxi's actually recovered from from COVID. He just or, seems... or a knee or whatever's wrong with yeah. him. He's not looked right. Uh, that that we I think we'd all agree on. He plays good for like two or three minutes, then he just looked completely tired, mm-hmm. and um, and he, he kind of I'm not saying he half asses it, but he just doesn't have the energy that he that he had last year. So he, when he's trying to block people or trying to get rebounds or or dunks, he just doesn't have that lift. Yeah. Um, now he's got an. Achilles, which is scary. Achilles, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the Achilles. What's wrong with me? I forgot. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a worry. I think Reddick's issue is a. It sounds like he's got bone spurs. Um, from what they've been saying about the, it sounds like he got a cortisone injection. Um, similar stuff that I that I had. Not that I'm athletic or anything, but um, sure, no, but yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. That just it's, um, it's the sort of thing he he might have to deal with in the off season at this point. So it's like. That's, I, I I figured they weren't playing him in terms of just there's got to be some sense of balance between letting him get his feel back, but also not injuring him. Yeah, I mean, if he, he does have the, the bone spurs, there's not really anything he can do besides manage the pain. It's just not going to go away until he'd have to have surgery to get him to go away permanently. And that would that might actually end his career. Um, right. Depending what they have to do if they have to detach the Achilles and then oh. run the, grind the spurs down and then reattach. That'll pretty oh much screw him. That um, that's what I've had to deal with. Like, that's what they said I'd have to do for myself. Oh. So I've never never actually done it. Oh my God. So <laughs> you're not dunking is what I'm hearing. My God. <laughs> that's an, no, I didn't that, know that, that about bone spurs. It just depends on how bad they are. But um, they might be able to slit the, the tendon and then grind them and then not make it as as bad, but uh, but yeah, I think they've just been giving cortisone and stuff to keep him going. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's about all I got. It's another good win, but doesn't I don't know how much we can take out of it. But, um, right. Aside the fact that the refs obviously go into these games with a bit of an agenda about Luca, took them. Yeah. Yeah. Was it I mean, I will to figure out how they could throw him out. <laughs> I will say the win is nice because I think it's Alton in the chat noted that now the the Mavericks magic number for avoiding the play in is two games. And if the Lakers lose to the Suns tonight, it becomes one game. And the magic number is a combination of your wins or the people who you're like the Lakers and specific losses to to make it happen. So there's some, some interesting stuff going on with that. I, I love the fact that we care about other teams games with like four games left to go in the regular season. I think that's fun. Yeah, that's probably the best part of the the plane is that it's keeping a lot more fan bases engaged mm-hmm. and uh, a lot more stories for the media and um, that the NBA can kind of throw out there. That's right. Keep, keep everyone keen. So um, as soon as the Lakers lose, 
in the play, and they'll, they'll scrap the whole idea, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it, like it kind of goes both ways. I mean, their problem, and this is not fair of me, but I do think this plays a part in it. They've we we're getting like an up close and personal look as to why Andre Drummond is not the player that people think he is. I mean, he's not why they've lost, but they're also five and ten in games he's played. Like it's, it's not, he, people and Mavs fans in particular were really hoping that he'd, that he'd, he'd find his way to the Mavericks and he'd be this big plus guy. And it's just, he is supremely talented. He is very huge, but he also just doesn't work. He can't, he's shooting 75% on dunks. I can't express to people how hard that is to do. I mean, it was like Willie in the first 20 games of the season. And it's, you know, it's it's delightful watching uh, uh, my Lakers fans' friends be upset. Uh, you know, it's 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 just sports is fun that way. Well, Jared, I'm going to yep. bring up some more folks. Thank you for hanging out. No problem. Catch you later. All right. Yep. All right. Coming up next, we have Matt. Matt, what's going on? Uh, not a lot. Um, so I'm one of the biggest ref complainers that I know. Don't complain about Luca getting ejected yeah. there. I don't think he did it on purpose at all. But he hit a guy in the nuts. I mean, he was mad. He threw he threw not exactly a punch, but a strike, and it hit a guy in the nuts. He got out. He got out without having to play very many minutes. He is not getting a technical to get suspended for the next game, so it's fine. Um, on to Josh Richardson. So uh, someone, I believe it was Zach Lowe, but I'm not entirely certain, wrote an article recently talking about Tobias Harris and how – the Sixers moving from pushing him to shoot a bunch of threes like they did last year to letting him go back to shooting in the mid range has really helped him this year, which he's had quietly a fantastic year. Yes. And I think that a lot of that is going to be the same for Josh Richardson. Um, as much as it's more ball efficient and everything to let him shoot more threes and at the rim and do all of that. If that's just not who you are, sometimes there's something to be said for putting a, for letting him do what he does. And it it really is like, it's helped him a lot. I think that recently he's been able to just take mid-range jumpers because that's who he is. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably something that if he sticks with the Mavs, they're going to have to figure something else out there. I mean, I know that I mentioned this book before, but if you haven't read it because we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the Mavs winning uh, de- uh, the ticket, radio host Bob Bob Sturm wrote a book called This Year Will Be Different. Uh, it's probably available on Amazon and your Kindle for like four bucks if you want it. It's really well reported, well done. And there's one part in the book where it talks about the analytics staff kind of getting through to Carlisle with like 15 games to go about how they needed to stop taking all these, these long jumpers. Basically not Dirk, but Terry and everyone else just needed to take a step back and take the damn three-pointer. And since it's Mother's Day and it's essentially the 10-year anniversary of the Mother's Day Massacre where Jason Terry ended the Lakers' uh, uh, three-peat hopes by going, I think it was 9 of 10 from distance, it's just felt kind of appropriate to talk about. And if Richardson stays a Mav for whatever reason, that's something that they can work in. It just is. Because watching him take these threes sucks. Because it is there's just a marked difference in the way his shot looks. I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that when he shoots a three-pointer, it looks like a knuckleball. And then when he shoots a two-pointer, I'm like, okay. I think it's so. because if you if your natural shooting motion doesn't get the ball, doesn't get a ton of force on the ball, then I think he has to like actually push the ball further because his shooting motion is not is not geared to shoot it as long. And that's one of the things that we listed as a strength for Luca is that even though he wasn't like coming into the draft, even though he wasn't a great shooter yet, he can shoot with length without having to change his motion. Josh mm-hmm. Richardson is exactly the opposite of that. Everything he gets further than about 20 feet, he has to like put more and more and more on the ball. Like he has to like get further into it because of the way he shoots. So let me, Tell me if this makes sense. I hate making this comparison, but my five-year-old son is, like, trying to learn to shoot, and I'm trying to, like, show him good mechanics. There's awesome videos and stuff on the internet for this sort of thing for other parents out there. But, like, the further he goes back, the worse his mechanics get because he needs more of everything to get the ball to go further. Is that kind of what you're talking about here? Exactly. Although, to be fair to that, Steph Curry uses absolutely everything because he started shooting so young and he's the best shooter in the history of the world. So, well, yeah, but it's, it's, all the, it's all the mechanical yeah. parts coming together. 
where if you're, yes. you know, if, if you shoot a certain way and then if you back up more and you need more leg drive or you need more, you know, arm torque in terms of push, because I think Kate in the chat described it as like a push shot from his chest. And that is, is absolutely kind of what I'm seeing when it's, a, but it's, it's a two point shot and he, it just looks better. Like there's more arc. It, it looks like a, his two point shot looks like it looks like a basketball jumper. His three point shot looks almost like he's throwing an alley oop. Like hmm. it, it's weird. Mm. okay. Okay, I like that comparison. That's a good point. Okay, I'm gonna be thinking about that because it's then, just he's gonna be on the team next year. Like they're not, they're not. Like, he's gonna opt in. I just can't foresee him opting out and going. It's like he's shooting too poorly. Um, I don't know. I could I be wrong. Have a, I have a, a dream off season that I'm gonna bring up later. I don't really want to do it today because it's not. <laughs> okay, but, we uh, got time. You're right. If that happens now, um. <laughs> But the one negative for today that I would that is a little concerning, not too much yet. But Dorian Finney-Smith is one for eleven on threes in the last two games. Getting out of a system, which we have been. Yeah, well, there's that, but he is streaky, and we've been relying so much on him being, and a really good shooter. And I mean, he he deserves more than two games of leeway because he wasn't going to shoot fifty percent on threes for you know a solid four or five months. But it's just. That is, if you're if you are looking for something to be concerned for, that is the one negative that I could see for today. Is that, like I said, he's one for eleven in the last two games on threes. Hello, did I get? No, you're here. I was I muted myself and keep forgetting. So that that's that's something that I wouldn't have noticed had ever had people not pointed it out to me. Which is, uh, you know, it's good to not notice Dorian shooting terribly. Like usually, I'm like, no, Dorian's shooting terribly. So, and then wow. the only, Lakers are the going, Lakers are doing work on the Suns, or at least early. Yeah. And then the only other thing is that we continued to see Josh Green can be the second best passer on the team, but we also saw a lot of people pass today. I think today is probably the most assists that we've had that weren't from Luca in a game Luca played. We had 33 assists as a team, and Luca only had five, which means we had 28 non-Luca assists. Which mm. is it just shows that we are moving the ball better because that's something I look because a lot of times we'll have games where we have like twenty seven twenty eight assists but Luca might have eighteen of them or fifteen of them and so everybody else combined only has ten to twelve whereas today like I said we had twenty eight which means that we were moving the ball better as a team. Yep, no, that's a good stat. I like I like you pointing that out. I wouldn't have noticed that. Thank you. All right, that's pretty much it. All right, all right. Coming up next, we have. Lyndon, Lyndon, what's up? The chat working for you? Might have to exit and rejoin if the chat's not working for you. That's okay. Okay, um, coming up next, we're going to do Harold. Harold, how are you? Thanks for joining. Hit that unmute button. Uh, hi. Hello. You hear me? Hi. Greets from Germany. All right. Um... Yeah, uh, the only thing I wanted to know is uh, if Luca gets now every uh, a game a flagrant, so, uh, uh, it doesn't count uh, to sixteen, or when does he get? Uh, so he can get the flagrant to every game till the rest question. of the season. Great question. So flagrant. Uh, I don't know. Flagrant and technicals are two different foul classifications. Where usually technical fouls yeah, have yeah, no. always to do with with uh, but with you uh, can, kind of sportsmanship. But you get two te uh, technicals, and then you also uh, uh, have uh, uh, you can't play the next game. Yes, and usually what will happen okay. is, that, is they will so we review it, and, and he'll probably play on Tuesday. Like that, but but, it, but if. But if Luca gets the 16th and gets a flagrant, uh, he he's, he can play for two games. Then, if he gets a if he gets one more technical, he misses the game after that. So if he plays on Tuesday versus Memphis and gets a technical, he will miss the game after that. And then if he uh, flagrants are really kind of and I please someone in the chat. Can, could correct me if I'm wrong because I could be wrong about this. Flagrants, particularly flagrant twos, are almost held as like a, and this is not the right word, but an infraction or a crime. Yeah, and and so I don't think 
you know, they took five whole minutes to decide that. Like I got up, made a drink, came back downstairs and, and was trying to figure yeah, out but, what was going on. Yeah, but they never, never, if they made their statement, it mostly stays. So, uh, I don't, I, I think it will stay. But if, if he get, if he gets his 16th, then he has one game, uh, 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 the game after he, he can't play and the game after that, he gets a flagrant too. Is he then, uh, uh, eligible to play after that game? If he gets two flagrant twos and well, 16 I mean, for, technicals for him to like get a flagrant two again, he's going to need, I mean, so, so he got a flagrant for taking yeah, it a can happen. It could happen. But I mean, I just like, rarely do we see Luca make the same mistake in back to back games. I guess yeah, we, we can't, we can have some of our best dress. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Who knows? That's true. But I don't know. I mean, it, some of this depends on what happens with the Mavericks or what happens. So, like, if the Lakers lose tonight, I would not be shocked if, like, Luka doesn't play against Memphis, period, just for, mm. for you know, almost rest reasons. Um, because I'm not sure mm. if they have a pre- preferred opponent between the Clippers and the Nuggets. I just think they want to avoid the – he should get dressed. That's my opinion, but right, crazy season. So thank you for all, and uh, do you do a good work with Mass Moneyball and all, and hope to see you again or hear from you again, and uh, have a great. Uh, I have a great evening. You have a great. Thank night. you very much for joining, Harold. Appreciate so, it. No problem. Have to walk the dogs. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, see, see, the internet is good because on this chat alone, we've had someone. From, we've had people in America. We've had people from. We've had a man from Australia. We've had a man from Germany. So like, like this is like the internet come around the world. All right, coming up next, everybody's favorite guest, Mavrello. What's happening? Hello. I thought I was going to be Mad Mavrello today, but I'll take it. We got Lucas some rest, thanks to the NBA officials. I'll take it. Got a good win. Much needed win, as every game matters now, of course. Um, I actually have some interesting information on one of the maybe best Mavericks right now, as far as like integral, which would be Dwight Powell. Okay. So pre All Star break, you know he was shooting really terribly, like forty six percent on field goals, about twelve percent on three. You know his ratings were way down, but post. He's shooting almost 70% on field goal percentages, 30% on three-pointers. And the usage rate and offensive rating, his offensive rating with him is 145 compared to 114 before, which I think has made a huge impact with how he's been running in the offense as far as with Luka. Yeah. No, he's he's been everything that the Mavericks have said he is. For a long time, but since yeah, and I was I was actually watching the Cleveland broadcast today, and they were pointing out how the Mavericks have a lot of different weapons depending on how like you know they if they want to play small or they want to play fast or big like it's it's pretty interesting, you know I don't know and it was a really good game for Josh Richardson. Yes, tonight. And I was actually looking, I mean, somebody did basic stats on Curry and Richardson, and they're averaging pretty similarly, which I've seen kind of that since COVID, you know, even Seth Curry hasn't been as good. So I'm wondering if that is still bothering Richardson or not, but no negatives here, just a good game. And I feel like we have our hardest game left, which will be Memphis. So if we can win that one, then we'll be riding good. Right, I agree. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yep, Mavrello. Yeah, I got to keep it. I'm sorry. Right, I agree. But it <laughs> is fine. what it is. Uh, all right, have a good one, buddy. All right, you too. Let's see you. All right, coming up next, got a couple of people left. Michael, how are you, Michael? Michael, you able to talk? Yes. There we go. Can you hear me? I can, just vaguely, though. Like, kind of sounds like you're in a distance. Oh, man. There it's we go. Android. No, you sound good I got, now. I got the beta version, so we're going to see if this works. Uh, but anyway, thanks for having me. Um, sure. I just wanted to 
I just want to ask, like, what do you think the ceiling is for this team? Can we go to the Western Conference Finals? Um, you know, there's still some questions about our inconsistency and stuff like that. So I was just kind of – I was just wondering what you think uh, this team is capable of going forward. So I have a follower, Marcos. Uh, I can't remember what his, his handle is on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure he's in Spain. And he once described the Mavericks to me as having a low floor and a high ceiling. And that just sort of sticks in my head because when they're bad, they're terrible. They're just terrible. But when they're on fire, they look like they can destroy people. And I just think it's about getting in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, both of their potential playoff opponents, so like the Clippers and the Nuggets, offer unique challenges and opportunities. I don't know. I don't really have a strong preference yet. And if they get out of the first round, if they were to get out of the first round, anything at that point is possible. It just is. But getting out of the first round is going to be a bear where you'd be going through either Kawhi Leonard or uh, or Nikola Jokic, and that that's hard. <laughs> so it's kind of one thing at a time. I do think Western Conference Finals is within the realm of opportunity, uh, uh, but it's just so hard to say because we've watched – I just don't know who this team is. I still don't. I know what the individual pieces can do, but I, don't, I still don't know how they fit because they've not had like that – dominant run where everybody was healthy and doing things at the same time for like four weeks. It's, you know, I guess March was pretty good like that, but even then they had, you know, they were resting guys. So it's hard to say, you know? Yeah, I understand. It's just kind of like you go from being the, the, the Lakers twice. I mean, we've seen what the Lakers are doing now, so I don't know how much those two wins really mean. Uh, but we've also seen, you know, they beat the Clippers pretty handedly. They, um, you know, they played well in that first game of those uh, back-to-back games. And we've also seen them uh, beat the Nets, you know, albeit shorthandedly. So they get, they ha- they've racked up all these really, really big wins. And so, but we've also seen them lose to the, the Kings three times. <laughs> and so it's like, I- I'm kind of with you. I just don't know what to think about this team yet. And that makes it mostly fun because that means I don't, you know, if this were predictable, then it'd be kind of more boring. And like part of why the season's been so volatile and really like, I'll look back and probably appreciate this season. Uh, but it, it's just, it's so hard to say. So I, I do, I do agree with people's assessments who think that this is a, a, you know, Western conference, you know, dark horse, but I also understand people who are like, really, this team is, is a mess and needs a lot of help. So that's kind of where I am. All right. Well, appreciate you for having me on. Sure thing. Thanks for coming up. All right. Coming up next, we have Michael. Michael, what's up? Hey. How you doing? I'm good. And you? Uh, I'm I'm great. Thanks for coming on. Glad I actually get to be on during the day and actually get to talk. It's Where are you? Using my Twitter fingers. I'm good. Where are you this evening? Where I'm, are we calling in from? From Austin, Texas. Okay. Okay. So we have all over the world. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to identify after I get a guy from Germany and a guy from Australia. Now I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yeah. From the, <laughs> the Spurs suburb. Right. That's where I'm from. Uh, so the vibes aren't as immaculate here. The Mavs won, but the soccer team lost Austin FC. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Uh, we talked about, uh, through Twitter, the Jalen Rose theory about uh, Luca pressing about the text, knowing that his margin of error was slim, and oh. seeing the nut shot, it'd be really funny to hear two years from now that he did that in lieu of a tech the not hmm. get ejected another game, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I find Jalen Rose's theory interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people, smart people, who think Luca needs to be reined in. And I think those smart people are being idiots because Luca is 22 and he's passionate and there's just a lot going on. And when some of the texts have occurred, you know, particularly with like the specific refs, it's, right. it's just kind of hard to run away from that sort of thing. Um, I do think he, like he taught, if he didn't talk about how he needs to do better, I'd be more concerned, but he sounds like, the difference of between someone who 
it understands what his problem is, but is still kind of working through how to get there. And right. and I, that's like really relatable. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I relate that as myself being a combat vet and getting out of the military and going into the civilian world. I think the way thing, the game's played in Europe compared to the NBA is a lot different. He's trying to – it's a culture shock for him, and he's still working through that balance. And you just know? being a star. Like, right. For, like, he's the center of everybody's attention. And I do believe, like, there was someone – I was talking to somebody about this. Like, his – I don't know. He, he gets more attention now. And he also has even talked about how this game is less physical than the European game, which makes me confused about why he gripes so much. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. It, it, it I just kind of settle back on the fact that if he were more nonchalant about why this matters, then it would be annoying. But I do think if, if he goes through the rest of the year and doesn't get one, like he really doesn't serve that suspension, then we're going to look back on this and say, okay, you know, he got pretty close. He ran into the one ref who, uh, who I, I still crack up about two things. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, the chat will know his name, but he was his favorite musician is Stevie Wonder, and he was military police, and so he was just. <laughs> I, oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, sorry, about, I can't remember the name either, but I know. Right, so it's like in the way he talked about refing, where he's just like, I think refing and policing are very similar, and it's just like my eyes rolled out of my head, kind of thing when he when he re- did that, and it's just you know. I think hopefully hopefully we'll be able to look back on this and say, all right, this was a season where Luca did some growing up. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he'll be like Rasheed Wallace, who once got – I think Rasheed had 42 techs in an 82-game season, something like that. So we'll oh, yeah. see. Oh, yeah. We'll see. What else? I think that's all I got for tonight. I still got to go back and actually watch the highlights, you know, trying to – see what I missed flipping between this and the soccer game. You know, uh, it was good to talk to you. Uh, you know, you have a good night. Thanks. Uh, you as well. Thanks for coming up. I love, of course, I love hearing you at two in the morning when I'm at work. <laughs> I'm glad I could be of some assistance. You have a good night, Michael. You too. Thanks. All right. Coming up next, we got one more person and then we might cut loose unless someone else wants to talk. Max, how are you? Good to see you again. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Yeah, c- coming back on from the uh, from the other night. I'm I'm addicted to this app. I've been telling all my friends about it. It's pre- isn't it weird? I never once listened to the radio talk radio in my life, but I like this. I like it a lot. Now I kind of get why people love like the ticket in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, of course, of course. But anyway, I appreciate you hosting them. But I had two quick takes. Wanted to go with uh, one of them was not worried about Luca at all. You know, just given his age. And the best metaphor I have for it is, okay, you have a college student that drinks every day. Is he an alcoholic? Probably not. I mean, it's just more acceptable because he's a younger guy. But if you're 25, 26, still drinking every day, still complaining to the refs, okay, then it's probably an issue. But I Mm. think that, you know, the first step of, you know, the fact that he admits that he has a problem is the first step of him getting over that. So not not worried about it. Sorry, what was that? I tend to agree. You know, I definitely don't like it, but, you know, is it natural for a passionate 22-year-old player to have that kind of a problem? Yes. Um, other quick take that I had is, uh, and I actually had a dream after the Cavs game, is I'm just getting such flashbacks to 2011 with Hardaway getting hot the way he is. It's just reminding me of Jason Terry, how he just was lights out. And then I'm just, like, substituting in uh, Jalen Brunson for J.J. Barea, how he was just, like, that spark plug that came in during that run. And just with how crazy the season's been and how it's so wide open, we got a super team in the East, similar to when the Heat were a super team. Everyone's kind of expecting Brooklyn to take it in a way, not as much as when the Heat were, but it's just given me a lot of 2011 vibes, and I'm not hating it. And that's a way over-optimistic take. I like it. I like this a lot, actually. This is good. Being optimistic at this point in the year is the point. Like, we can go ahead and, it's it, you know, finishing well is going to be something I think about probably for the rest of my time doing this 
in that just, you know, when, when I hate sounding like a youth and using the phrase, the vibes are immaculate, but it's just, there's, there's a lot about momentum as a team and this team is veteranless. And so being good now, I think it is just, it just matters more to them because if they were struggling and, you know, it, it, we've talked about this a little bit. I, I think Porzingis comes back ready to, to play, ready to fit and not do the thing that he does, that he has done because there's no time left. Like his feelings, if he, if he puts himself before the team in this situation, then the Mavericks are in a different kind of trouble, you know? If he can just be an efficient Tyson Chandler for us and rebound the ball and play above average defense and Hardaway keeps being Jason Terry, I think we got a good shot. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, I'm wait, like, 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 like him going, him being so hot from the outside is just wild to me where I think the chat was talking about, it's like either like, like they, they have to have a couple of guys being hot at any given time for them to win. I mean, the three point shot is very important for this team, but right. that, I, there, there's just a lot of opportunity for them to go because Lucas seems to really play well when the lights are brighter. And I, I don't, I can't quantify that, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does against either, either, you know, any team he plays in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm under the mindset that no matter who the first round is, I mean, you're going to have to play the teams you are going to have to play anyway. I mean, would I, I rather right. probably rather play Denver just given the track record. And, you know, I think we had a couple games where we were a bit fortunate that the Clippers shot a low, shot percentage from three you know chalk that up to defense or you know make or miss league whatever it is but I think uh you know I think we're gonna have to end up playing some good teams in the west and then of course whoever comes out of the east so whatever order we have to play them just be optimistic and you know just understand this is the third year we've had Luca it's not you know really I mean he had his rookie season then really it's just his second year since we've been quote-unquote dark horse contenders so just staying positive is important and you know, hopefully if it doesn't happen this year, we were able to make some moves in the off season. I like it. Keep our fingers and, crossed. <laughs> and and staying positive is, is a small but significant part of what group of what group therapy is about because those of us who are doing this at this point in the night are usually borderline insane anyways. And so you need to you need to kinda of have that positive self talk. And that's why I've I really enjoy doing this because otherwise I just get in arguments on Twitter, particularly after losses and like I don't want to do that. I'd rather like talk this out and then get back to feeling all right, you know? Oh, my group chats are all just because they know I'm the biggest Mavs fan, so they enjoy any time they see a, a notification. They probably all have the Mavs on their notifications anytime we take a loss. They'll just, put a little, <laughs> just that's they're good friends. friends, you know. That's what friends. friends are for to make you feel terrible about sports. Exactly. Um, well, thank you for joining, Max. I appreciate you. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kirk. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. You too. All right, we got a couple more folks that wanted to join. Brett, what's up? Hey, um, this is like a slight negative thing, and I and I and it could just be, um, like I test, and I'm sorry, I don't know the numbers to back it up, but I've like my one concern re- with Luca actually has been that I feel like he's fallen too much in love with the mid range. Not that, and obviously he's shooting very well on that this year, um, but I feel like there's a difference between him shooting it like you know late in the fourth against good defense versus kind of like going to that you know, six or seven times in a game, middle middle of the shot clock, um, which I think is, I mean, it's whatever, like they're winning the games, but I, 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 I kind of worry about that being like not the best habit to be in early in a game. So my thought on that would be if they have a rim runner who doesn't suck and I'm not like, for, Willie is not a good rim runner. Like Luca makes him look pretty good, but he's not good at it. But Powell is very good, but I, I, I think what, what Jared said earlier in, in the in the uh, chat about how they probably don't want to start him matters. And so in the future, if the if the Mavericks are either to get Porzingis to understand that rolling helps the team more, like there's I don't know, there's a lot of advanced numbers that talk about him just being on the floor and standing there being a value. But I think if Porzingis rolls just a little bit more, then Luca gets to the rim a little bit more without having a rim threat. Luca's having a much harder time getting in the paint and scoring in the restricted area last year. He was like number one or like in the top three in restricted area points this year, his percentages are way down because he just doesn't have the space. And so that's just kind of something to think about why he's going to the mid range. I mean, his percentile numbers, like he's, he's 96 percentile, but I do understand what you mean. 
Yeah, and, yeah. And what someone said in the chat also, um, I just saw, what I was thinking about as well, is that, I mean, it's late in the season, um, and he takes a lot, he gets banged up a lot, doesn't, and often, like, hasn't been getting those calls um, driving inside as much as he f- would like to. Um, and, and I think just, like, to keep the wear off his body. Yes. Uh, it's, it's probably another motivation. I mean, I mean, especially, especially like, in the games in which he kind of just wants to get, sometimes to just, like, to get the numbers, just to score. Like, he doesn't. Like you, you don't have to to beat the Cavs. You don't have to like you know play your your best style of basketball. Sure, sure. Uh, I think that's something to think about though as they move forward. Just because it's it's the kind of shot the defenses are going to give you in the playoffs, and that's where it is kind of nice. Like this is where you know your uh, your Paul George's. Well, maybe Paul George is a terrible example. What's wrong with me? This is where your Kawhi Leonard's really make their money. So it's it's at least it's it's something to think about. But I I, I do think that you're. You're right in in the sense of it's he is shooting more of them, and what does that mean? Is at least worth thinking about. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, like I don't think that it'll mean, and I, yeah, th- that he's like you know going to abandon you know try driving to get to the rim, um, and then and, I mean it could be, be also that he's just trying to work on the shot like in game, sure. but yeah, that's probably that's the only thing I had to talk about. Yep. Well, thanks for coming up, Brett. No problem. All right, coming up next, since uh, I'm not allowed to go to sleep, is Doug. What's up, Doug? I'm just teasing, hey, by Kurt. the way. I like, I like doing this. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to. <laughs> How are you? We're good. We're good. I was. Uh, it was interesting because I was agreeing with everything that was being said about Josh Richardson's awkward-looking three-point shot. And that led me to be a little bit curious. And I looked up to see what his splits were as far as his three-point shooting before and after the All-Star game. I knew that he was uh, just awful uh, before. And it, he was he shot 28% uh, from three before the All-Star game. But I was very surprised, this was from Basketball Reference, uh, that he is shooting 37.5% post-All-Star game from three. Well, what happens if you That's remove what... like the five for five game against the Jazz? Like he has some outlier games that are wild. I mean, there was a ten game stretch following the Jazz game where he shot twenty three or twenty four percent from three. I, I, well, I remember with... it because I wrote about it. Well, absolutely, and then that and that's the the interesting thing about looking at a, a a stat for twenty or thirty games is that you could have some outliers, bad or good. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing is that, you know, with everything that I think all of us are saying about Tim Hardaway, that he's just absolutely on fire, is that he is only shooting not 39% from three since the All-Star game. Again, yeah. he, he, he's the, he has had the outliers going the other direction after some real stinkers early on uh, after, you know, in like February, March. Uh, and so it's just, I guess it just it was interesting to me that uh, I I did not have any sense that uh, Josh Richardson would be shooting any more than about 30%, uh, whether before or after the All-Star game. And so I just found that a little interesting. Uh, I but think it completely, is. Completely agreeing with the, the fact that he looks like he is um, scared. Uh, you know, he just it's almost like he's being forced to do it. Other than the one place that it seems like he, he looks confident is corner threes. And I wish that he would get a few more of those. Sure. Sure. That's really, it's, there's just a lot. This team is going to, I just don't know what to expect of this team. <laughs> it's like game up. 70 or 68 or whatnot. And I still don't know what to expect of this team. Well, I, I think that the, the, uh, the comments that were made uh, just a few callers ago were, I think was very true is that you have such a high ceiling and a low floor and uh, I mean, you you could get a you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have to convince me uh, to accept the fact that the Mavs could make it to the Western Conference Finals or they could get out in the first round. Either one is is just as easy for me to to believe. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to it at this point. And we got one more week of regular basketball. And then if the Mavs avoid the play-in, four days to stew and think about things and overanalyze, and then the playoffs start, I guess, 
probably, I don't know, maybe that next weekend. I can't remember the exact calendar. I need to look into this. And I should know these things as an editor-in-chief of a sports website. <laughs> but uh, no one ever said I was good at this. Um, well, well, what else you got for that, us, Doug? N- well, really nothing. But I, I think that uh, that we'll all li- let you off the hook with all the uh, moving parts that you've got going on right now. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's, you know, life is complicated and just like the Mavericks, sometimes I will uh, perform spectacularly and other times I will just piss everybody off. (laughs) Well, thanks thanks for hanging out, Doug. All righty. All right. Since the room is somehow growing in size, we still have more requests. Jacob, what's up? Hey, can you hear me? Awesome. All right. Um, Yeah. Just got a couple of quick questions. Um, Yeah. I don't think KP is kind of synergistic with Luca, and he needs to roll more. Otherwise, they're just two individual stars, which mm-hmm. is not really ideal. <laughs> um, so what do you think is going through KP's head uh, when he's on the bench seeing us win? Like, this do you a, think, you know, there's something good interesting question. going on there? This is a really good question because he is a teammate that opens himself up to people overanalyzing everything he does. And, you know, his post-game smirks when he's on video. He hasn't been in front of a video. Brad Townsend noted this. Tomorrow is going to be the first time he's spoken to the media in three weeks. And so we'll be able to overanalyze to that that stuff in, as soon as, like, 16 hours. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it, it's – hopefully what he's seeing is a team that's succeeding without him And I keep thinking about this terrible LeBron James tweet from the 2016 run where he was subtweeting the hell out of Kevin Love, where he said something about, like, don't fit out, fit in, and just just my thoughts. And that's kind of – I've been thinking about it in relation to Porzingis for a couple of days now because Porzingis, when he is – he has some legitimate gripes whenever he's not getting the ball because it's, it's where he it's like his gravity can't be his only uh, attribute. But if the Mavs are winning at a certain point, his numbers shouldn't matter. He's already got his max contract. It's style, like style. Like people don't remember style points. They remember championships. And for a guy who's never been a part of a winning team, you'd think he'd kind of grasp that. I know for a fact that he is a very thought or a very smart and thoughtful guy, maybe thoughtful almost to a fault to where he overthinks things. Uh, and so I'm, you know, despite being kind of a, a KP, you know, negative guy going on, you know, back since January, I'm sort of hopeful that he returns from this ready to just win. So maybe, you know, we're going to find out in a hurry because if they win because of stupid stuff or if they lose because of stupid stuff involving him, that becomes the dominant story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, let's so. just hope that um, he's getting excited about the prospect of, you know, us going deep. I think so. I mean, he was outstanding last year in the playoffs and in the bubble. I mean, he got hurt, but I mean, hell, he played through he played through an entire game with a torn meniscus. So I mean, the, the dude is, is good at basketball. There's not really a question of that. It's a question of, is he good enough in the way that helps the team win versus good enough in the way that he wants to play like? So, yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for having me. Keep sure. Thanks for coming on. See you, man. Okay. Bye. It looks like we have cleared through all the speaker requests. Outstanding. Okay, folks, Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. You should like and subscribe if you haven't. You should do the thing Max has done and told all your friends. Uh, We will be back on Tuesday night with another edition. So everybody have a great start to your week. Bye, guys.